there, and welcome to the Friday Five. It's our weekly list of five things you should know about. I'm Sarah Rupel, and you're listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. It is October 1st. We are officially in pre-AEP crunch time, so welcome. We've got a great episode for you today. We will start out where we usually start, with number one on our list. And that has to do with today's date, October 1st. You can officially market plans to Medicare age beneficiaries. Keep in mind, though, you can't write them into those plans until October 15th. But today marks the start of those annual check-ins with your clients to make sure everything's still going okay as far as their insurance needs are concerned. If you're wondering what you can and can't do between now and October 15th, we published an episode about that exact topic last week. We detail how to check for changes and complete plan reviews, so you definitely want to check that out. We will have the link in our episode notes. Number two, our weekly update on Medicare expansion via that $3.5 trillion social safety net bill, also called the Build Back Better bill. Try saying that three times fast. Well, the plot has certainly thickened on this one. Originally, the plan was to push the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure deal to a vote along with the larger $3.5 trillion bill. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi was on board with that plan until she announced that they would be voted on separately. Moderate Democrats want the bills to be voted on separately. Progressive Democrats want the packages tied together and will reportedly vote down the $1 trillion infrastructure bill if the two are uncoupled. And we're not talking about a small amount of Democrats voting down the infrastructure bill either. At last count, it was looking like a group of 40 to 50 Democrats. Included in the bipartisan infrastructure bill, money for roads, bridges, energy, passenger and freight rail, broadband, clean drinking water, public transit, airports, waterways, and ports. Then in the Build Back Better bill, paid family leave, universal pre-K, free community college, extended child tax credits, child care programs, climate change provisions, pathways for undocumented immigrants, and of course, Medicare expansion. The deadline for the vote was set for September 30th. Whether or not that vote happens, we shall see. Both of these bills are separate from the talks and votes required to raise the debt ceiling limit and fund the government. So it has been an interesting week on the Hill. Number three. Today is the day that those U.S. Postal Service delays and price hikes go into effect. Back in March, the USPS announced their Delivering for America plan, essentially a 10-year plan to get out of debt and back to financial stability. That plan included changes to delivery days and rates around the holidays when USPS services are used even more. According to the plan, 39% of mail will be delivered between three to five days after being sent, with speed depending on the distance between the mail's origin and destination. 
the other 61% of male, basically local male, would be unaffected with delivery between one and two days. The USPS First Class Package Service will follow a similar breakdown. 32% of packages will be delivered in four to five days, again, depending on that distance between where the package comes from and where it's going. 68% will continue to be delivered within two to three days. Magazines, journals, and newspapers will see a slight adjustment in delivery time. 9% of those periodicals will take four to five days to get to your mailbox. 93% will be delivered in two days or less. And yes, those numbers equal more than 100%, but that is what the USPS PDF says. I mentioned that the distance your mail travels plays a part in delivery time. There is a table that we will link to in the episode notes that you can use as a guide to figure out how long your mail or package will take en route. Pre-sorted local mail is a one-day delivery standard. Nothing much changing there. Mail that travels 139 miles or less and spends less than three hours in transit will be delivered in two days. The three-day standard opens up the mileage window to between 140 and 930 miles, with a time in transit between 3 and 20 hours. Mail traveling between 931 miles and 1,907 miles Spending between 20 and 41 hours in transit will take four days to make its journey. And then the five-day standard is mail that travels more than 1,908 miles for more than 41 hours of time in transit. We will be linking to a few articles on this item, including a few USPS PDFs that explain the rate changes as well. Definitely something to think about if you're planning on sending direct mailers during AEP. Number four, on Tuesday this week, Pfizer and BioNTech announced that they had submitted data to the FDA from their COVID-19 vaccine trial for children ages 5 through 11. This was huge news for parents out there who have been waiting for the vaccine to roll out for kids especially considering that the Delta variant is, and this is according to the CDC, more than two times as contagious as previous variants. And of course, kids are back in schools, and there aren't mask mandates in all of those schools. It is huge news, and Dr. Anthony Fauci said that he is hopeful that the vaccine will be approved by the end of October. I'm hopeful too, and I think we can all use a little hope right now. That brings us to number five, which was somewhat surprising news when I heard about it on Wednesday morning. YouTube has announced plans to ban all videos that contain vaccine misinformation. They also banned a few of the higher-profile anti-vax accounts on their platform. According to their blog, the ban applies to, quote, specifically content that falsely alleges that approved vaccines are dangerous and cause chronic health effects, claims that vaccines do not reduce transmission or contraction of disease, or contains misinformation on the substances contained in vaccines will be removed. 
This would include content that falsely says that approved vaccines cause autism, cancer, or infertility, or that substances in vaccines can track those who receive them. Our policies not only cover specific routine immunizations, like for measles or hepatitis B, but also apply to general statements about vaccines, end quote. We will be linking to that full statement in our episode notes. You'll also find a link to a write-up from The Verge, which outlines some of the moves YouTube made prior to this ban, like pulling ads and removing videos. For our bonuses this week, we have two. The first is just a fun article I came across while scouring the news this week, and that highlights the top trick-or-treat candy in each state. All I will say is that while trick-or-treating, I never received Good and Plenty, the supposed winner here in Pennsylvania. And if I did, I probably would have traded it for something better. Second, we've got my picks for what's coming to streaming in October. And there are a few highlights here. On Amazon Prime, there's a new documentary called The Romanoffs. That's an eight-episode series on individuals who believe that they are descendants of Russia's royal family. Quick history lesson, they were all executed in 1918, but because the bodies of Anastasia and Alexei were never found, many have claimed in the years between then that they can trace their lineage to the Romanov family, some even claiming to be the Princess Anastasia. On Disney+, Plus, the season finale of the Turner and Hooch reboot, I've watched three episodes of this so far, and I'm enjoying it. I like the fact that I can watch it while my daughter is in the room and not have to turn down the sound or fast forward through certain parts. Also coming in October, the Muppets Haunted Mansion special. I am a child of the 80s, so I'm here for every new Muppets movie and special that gets made. Then on Netflix, it took a little while, but there is finally an LOL surprise movie. Not sure how great that will be. What will be great, though, season two of The Babysitter's Club drops on the 11th, and I cannot wait to watch more. I was a fan of the books growing up. I've watched every iteration of it that they have made, and this one is by far the best. Season three of Gabby's Dollhouse comes out later in the month. That's one that my daughter likes a lot, especially the toys. And then one that is definitely not family-friendly, but looks like fun, a vampire story starring Lisa Fry, Debbie Reynolds, and Megan Fox called Night Teeth. Definitely will not be watching that one with my daughter. That is all I have for you this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Ryan Mail. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 